friends, I'm Molly, and we are here today with our Relief from Darkness podcast crew, where we're continuing our conversations, exploring how we can truly be set free from the stuck places in our lives. And we are talking anything from substance abuse to nightmares to addiction and seriously everything in between, because we believe at No Boundaries that the thought processes that have us in these stuck places can be changed. And if you change your brain, then you change your life. So I'm super excited because we have our very own brain geek, Dr. Lori Basie. Yo, yo. And she is joining us again, along with, drumroll please, <laughs> our Amarillo director, Tracy. So Tracy is here with us to share her testimony about what has got her to where she is now. So a little bit of a background on her is she was a children's pastor for how long? 14 years. For Wow, for 14 years. But now she is actually the director of MBI Amarillo Base in Texas. So in Amarillo, she's kind of known for doing crazy outreaches with human trafficking and really seeing people set free from that. And so today we're kind of going to just talk about um, something bigger. So if you remember back in the CPR portion under routine, we had a section called something bigger. But what happens when we truly get set free? Then what? So we've walked through a lot of things. We've walked through recovery from substance abuse and addiction. So then what happens. So Tracy, who was crazy, and now she's not. And so we're going to pick up kind of right there. But tell us, Tracy, how does a children's pastor for 14 years end up in strip clubs? Well, um, that was a great adventure. Yeah. So, you know, as you talk about coming out of addiction and things like that, I didn't struggle with those things. But I was still in bondage of that uh, religious spirit and that here's what you're supposed to do. Here's what ministry really looks like. And it fits in this little box and you kind of build it and they will come mentality. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was doing. And so we did two women's events and a lady came up to me and said, this is the second time human trafficking's come up. And I braced myself because I thought she was getting ready to get on to me for something mm. Terrible to admit, but that's true. Yeah. And so she said, no, it's the second time human trafficking's come up and God's trying to tell you something. And I smiled and said, he could be telling you something. She said, oh no, I've already prayed about it. I know it's you. And she turned and left me standing in the middle of the hallway at the church I was on staff at. And I thought, uh oh, I should probably pray about this. Yeah. Because I didn't even realize that human trafficking had come up twice. I was mm. kind of slow. Right. Apparently. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's when I was still crazy. Yeah. Her <laughs> in denial. Yeah. Right? And so as I started to pray that night when I got home, I opened up my email and there's this random letter that I don't know how I got from somebody from No Boundaries International was going to be in Amarillo. Of course, the very next day. Yeah. Obviously. And so... We speed up. We I meet with her. I come. I bring a team of seven ladies to Oklahoma City to see if our church could partner with them by, like, you know, maybe doing a mission trip occasionally or writing a check. Yeah. You know, something like that. Well, because that's what ministry looked like, right? Mm -hmm. And so then within just a few hours, I knew I was going to quit my job and start the Amarillo base. 
But I guess I should back up and talk about, you know, as a children's pastor, everything was detailed, like to the minute, like I had to have a plan and, and a backup plan and, you know, yeah. And I needed to be able to tell everybody I was taking what we were doing and what the plan was. Yeah. And so as our ladies were getting ready, they would ask me questions. I'm like, I don't know. And they'd say, what do I take? I don't know. What are we going to do? I don't know. Mm. And I was. What was was that like inside of you? Was it hard? Yeah. I was super stressed out. I was terrified because I thought, what if this is, what if I'm taking them to someplace that's crazy? Not realizing I was the one that was crazy. Right. I thought (laughs) I was the sane one. And so here I am. I'm responsible for these ladies and I'm bringing them here. And then I meet Dr. Lori and she says, oh, we're just going to pray and see what God says. Mm. And she looked at me and I'll never forget. She said, we usually have a plan, but with you, we th- I think we're just supposed to pray. <laughs> okay. That sounds right. And so I called my husband that night and I'm like, honey, I love you. I'm going to come home and quit my job and we're going to start the Amarillo base. And he was like, okay. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Now he wasn't, you know, then the fear set in, but yeah. But he knew that God was doing something radical in my life. And I just, but I had to have the courage to step out. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly what we did. And um, I would call and say, what do we do first? And Lori was like, well, you pray and you've got, you've got a few people. Just see what God says. Okay. So that's what we did. And so we got to learn how to do those things. And and then it led into starting street outreach with just handing out water. Yeah. And on a Sunday afternoon. We explain a little bit about what street outreach is. And so at that point, it was literally driving down the street, looking for those ladies that were being street prostituted mm-hmm. and offering them a bottle of water because we really we didn't know really what we were doing. We were just being obedient to what Jesus said. And he said, take water. Yeah. And so that's what we did. And it was amazing and incredible. And we knew there was no way we could ever do anything else. Yeah. And so then we look at where we're at today. And during COVID, when everybody else was kind of, shrinking and and withdrawing and retreating and in solitude we started our strip club outreach and so that's how the children's pastor ended up in the strip club so what is okay so then what is strip club outreach and so we literally go in and we love those girls right where they're at and not just those that are being exploited, but the managers and the owners and and the patrons that are there. I mean, we're going to be kind and show Jesus to everybody without judgment, without condemnation. We've gotten to pray with the people in the middle of the club while it's open. Wow. You know, it's amazing to see the, God, the things that God is doing through that. And so we just take them a gift every other week. And it's not a, necessarily anything big. It's just something to let them know that they're that they're seen and that they're heard and that they're known. Yeah. So what's been your most favorite part? Like, do you have one or is there like a testimony or something that has come out of that? That's just like, wow, look at God. I think out of the strip club. Yeah. Mm, My favorite. Oh, there's so many. I think that the first one that comes to mind is um, one of our team members was, talking with one of the girls and 
she was just sharing a little bit of her life um, with Caitlin and and Caitlin just looked at her and said, I just think you need a, you just really need a mom hug. Mm. And, and I, re- and I couldn't hear any of that conversation, but suddenly I hear Caitlin say, she would be great. She would give you a mom hug. And here comes this girl to me who's just precious. And she said, would you really give me a hug? And and of course, I said, absolutely. And she was really quick. She was going through a lot of things. And she said, I don't believe in Jesus. She said, but I know you do. Will you pray for me? I said, absolutely. And so God is radically changing her life, even though she still says, I don't believe. She knows that there's something different when people are praying. Yeah. And she's still seeking out. Yeah. So for clarity, can you tell us who Caitlin is? Caitlin is, she leads our victim services and she is my daughter. So not only has the children's pastor ended up in the strip club, but she's also dragged her daughter (laughs) or invited her daughter. Virtually, yes. And the first time we did street outreach, it was just myself and my daughter. Yeah. Wow. How many people go now? Um, well, now we do it online, and so they go out at, at least every other week and to see how many people, and then they're going into the motels and different things like that. So there's several teams that do a wide variety yeah. of things now. That is incredible. And just knowing you, I think, on a personal level, like just seeing how cool Amarillo is, like I'm just going to say, like it might be one of the most fun places. I Like the things that y'all are doing is seriously just wild. So with that, Dr. Lori. Yes. Can you want to break down a little bit of CPR on Tracy's Something Bigger? And actually, Molly, it was your first mission trip. It was. That you went to Amarillo when Molly got on board with us. And so... Thinking about what we've been thinking about, and we talked about what causes brain damage, the things that we're thinking about if they're not pure and praiseworthy and lovely and noble and just. And when we're bumped into or when we're squeezed, if it's not the fruit of the spirit that comes out, then let's just cause it, call it what it is. It's sin and it causes brain damage. So once we finally get over ourselves, now, interestingly enough, I heard a statistic real uh, not too long ago. And the statistic is that we spend 85% of our waking hours thinking about ourselves. Ugh, That's it's gross. I call it navel gazing. I mean, who wants to sit around and just worry about me, 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 me? And so once we get set free, once we start to think about what we're supposed to be thinking about, once we're connected with Jesus and know who we are and who we're not and what we're called to and what we're not, and then we start to notice others, then I think as we go to him without an agenda, he'll share with us what he's getting ready to do. And being in the middle of his action is so much more fun than being self-absorbed and thinking about me, 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 me. Yeah. And then let's just take it one one step further, since we've talked about unresolved trauma and sin, and then repeated choices that causes brain damage in the sense that our brain is wiring and firing together, and we have super highways of self, self-absorption in our mind. But if I don't go, 
And so my paraphrase is butts on the field. In the Bible, it talks about go into the world and preach the good news and those who believe will be saved and lay your hands on the sick and on and on and on and make disciples. And I don't think he said when everything lines up or when everything is perfect or when you have everything together and and when you can control it and when all of the resources are there. But he said go. And I think we're causing brain damage and self-absorption and pride and navel gazing because we're not doing what we're we're the body of Christ are supposed to do. We're supposed to be out in the middle of instead of running away from we're supposed to run into and we're supposed to do it without causing further harm, without producing shame or condemnation. And then quite frankly, if we knew how to do it and if we could do it ourselves, and if we could organize it and control it, then it's not big enough. That doesn't sound like a Jesus sized dream. And so once I'm connected with God, once I know my strengths and my weaknesses, once I know what it's like to be on the other side of me, once people can stand to be around me because I'm not so self-absorbed and immature and full of myself. And I become a part of a team that's changing things for eternity. And I understand that I may flip my lid because I'm not in control, but the one who is will never let leave me hanging and I've dealt with my anxiety and I'm not in a constant state of fight or flight, then I can go out and I can start to do something big. And when I miss it, not if, but when, then I can reframe it. And I am born for something great because at the end of the day, we're going to stand before Jesus and hear those words. You finished everything that you've been called to do. And so I love seeing that ignited in people. And I love the initial reaction where it's out of our control. It's not predictable. We're not looking for a formula or a recipe or a cookbook. We are looking for the living Christ to to saturate us so that we then go into every environment and do what they say can't be done. Yeah. And that's the ultimate finale of getting set free from myself. Yeah. And it's a process. So it's not one and done. But I think we've all created quite a bit of brain damage by not making disciples and not going and making it all about us. And I think he takes us like in baby steps yes. or like in whatever we're capable of. So you didn't immediately just decide like, okay, I'm not going to be a children's pastor and I'm going to have all of this big, huge, whatever nonprofit running, you know, hundreds of people every week, or maybe thousands, probably in the thousands of people every week. So like, what has it been like for you walking out those little acts of faith? Like, how does like, like, what was that like? I think, um, I, I think back and I, I, it makes me think of a conversation I had with my husband the other day. I said, you know, you really this isn't what you signed up for when we got married. Mm. This isn't what, what you thought you were getting, you know? And he just smiled and he said, honey, but it's not what we thought because if you would have known what was coming, you would have run so fast mm. the other way because I was, he knew I wasn't ready for the big picture. Yeah. And I wasn't mature enough and I wasn't free enough and sane enough to be able to handle those things. And so it's been really super fun to, to look back and to see the things, you know, where I thought that I was walking in faith. Yeah. And then just realizing there's I was, but it's just a whole new depth of it now. And those things, if if we know 
the huge picture of what's coming, it, it might scare us a little bit. Yeah. But for some, it, you know, not knowing is scary. But, you know, my personality, I'm like, okay, let's try it. Here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have to know the plan and all the details. And I would rather not. Yeah. Will you, will you tell about how you got your building? Sure. Because that's like a good like details, like God being in the details and you just saying yes. Yes. So we were looking for a place to have Christmas dinner because we really felt like God was saying we needed to have a place for those people that were living in those motels that mm-hmm. are known for prostitution and lots of illegal activity and, and things like that because there were lots of places for people on that were actually on the street. But... We just felt like he was highlighting that population to us. Yeah. And so we began to pray, What? where are we going to do that? We can't, you know, it's December 25th. We can't just be outside right. in Amarillo. And so we showed up. At, I, I went to this church that God just kept highlighting, and I just rang the doorbell. And here comes this sweet little lady with her little oxygen on her. Mm. And she looked at me, and she said, I'm not supposed to ever open the door, but... Something told me I was to let you in. Okay. So in we go. And I start sharing with her who we are and what we're doing and what we want to do and and ask if we can possibly use their building because it was right in the middle of the area. And she said, well, I have to talk to our leadership, of course. And what I didn't know at that point was the next day she went into the hospital because she had been really sick for a long time. And so the leaders went to see her. And as soon as they walked in, she said, there's some information on my desk. You need to go look at it. This is exactly what we've been praying for. And so apparently they did. And because then they called and said, will you come talk to us? And we've got some questions. And I didn't know until I went to talk to him that she actually passed away in the hospital. Wow. Wow. And so God orchestrated just a small window and used her in a huge way to change everything for that community. Yeah. And so they said, yes, they let us um, do outreach out of that. And we had done several other events. And then that was in December that we used it for the first time of 2014. And then in February of 2015, they handed us keys and said, we'd like you to office out of here. And then by the, the end of, Middle of 2016, they had deeded the building to us because they were a smaller church and they were they recognized that they were just struggling and they wanted to ensure that the building was used for the kingdom of God. And they saw this group that was going to do just that. All because out of faith, you walked by and knocked on the door Oh, can you have a Christmas dinner here? Yes. And we never dreamed of it being beyond that at that point. Yeah. We just thought we were being faithful for that one day, Uh one event. Right. But he's always, I mean, man, he's in it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Dr. Lori, how has it been like getting to see all of this stuff like unfold and Tracy? Because you guys have known each other now for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. So 10 years is her anniversary next year in 2023. 
And I think about what I want for Tracy is a fullness of her destiny. Yeah. So my story that I was standing before Jesus dying and it was a medical miracle or I would have entered into heaven. When when Tracy's there, I want her to finish everything that she's been called to do. And I want Jesus to have his full inheritance through the people that he is, is calling her to serve. And so think about the little lady on oxygen. So what would it look like if we were strength based? We don't We don't poo-poo on what we don't have, but we're excited about what we do have. And we utilize whatever we have fully alive, fully available, fully present in the moment. And so here's a little lady that's going to die that's sick. She's on oxygen. And where is she? She's doing her stuff at the church. And she answers the door. And then she told some of her last words to the church was, don't don't not look at the papers that are on my desk because of this person who came by. And I think about now the hundreds and probably thousands of people who will be impacted and have been impacted and the families that will be impacted. And she will actually have an inheritance in that. And so what we're trained to do and what we need to do is not wait until we get somewhere or get something or until we know it all, but we need to start right here in the here and now in the present and activate what's in front of us. And then in the middle of all of that, know that there will be tests. I'm sure Tracy and, and me, we can all share hundreds of tests that we've been through that don't discourage us, but actually expose what's in our heart so that we can eliminate anything that's hindering the fullness of God's love in our life. What we would be tempted with, we're not tempted by God, but we're tested so that we'll be able to then remove anything that's hindering the fullness of his love in our life so that we will increase our capacity to carry his glory and steward lives and do something outside of ourselves. So it is a joy to see Amarillo function and actually they own it. They do better in so many other areas than we do. And we don't have to compare We don't have to be jealous. We can come together for special projects and we can pour in and encourage and be a small part of saying, go team, you guys do this thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. And on a personal, on a personal note, I mean, Amarillo was my very first missions trip, like ever in the history of my life. And I remember I'd been it, I had been with No Boundaries, Oklahoma City for like a solid like six months <laughs> and just like receiving restoration. And I know when I went there and encountered you guys and encountered the things that, um, that you were doing, that the two teams to get, it did ignite something in me. Mm-hmm. And I saw some things, um, I saw a team's function together in ways that I hadn't ever before. And I saw what could be and just getting to watch you guys impact people impacted me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what, I mean, that's the body of Christ. So that's what we're called to do, right? Mm -hmm. We're supposed to give as freely as we have received. So I'm just saying on a personal note, like, thanks. (laughs) And thanks for what? Thanks for what you do. And Dr. Lori, thanks for what you do because mm-hmm. it's been super cool. So um, as we're wrapping up, Dr. Lori, do you have any parting, encouraging words or anything for the listeners? I think this is what we need to do as a body of Christ. Once we get over ourselves, once we can do something bigger than us, they did a survey and they asked the American population, if you could ask God one question and he would answer it, what would you ask him? And by far the resounding cry of the church was, what am I supposed to do? And he's already told us, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, freely you've been given, 
freely you need to give, go into the world, make disciples. And so we don't wait until everything lines up and we don't look for our destiny as if it's way out there, or we have to find the box that'll eventually unlock the, or find the key with the box that'll eventually unlock our destiny. It's what we're painting. We're making a beautiful painting and we're splattering things on the canvas and we step out in faith and we do things outside of ourselves. And then as we get the thing moving, you cannot steer a parked car as it starts to move then things start to fall into place and then it's as if we're so connected with him that we go throughout our day as if we're praying without ceasing and doing things that are absolutely impossible we're not irresponsible so we do the hard work and we put the structures and the systems in place but then we allow for the Holy Spirit to move in a way that people have to scratch their heads and say it has to have been Jesus. And so I think we, as we're set free, need to be a sign and a wonder because if Jesus can do it in us and through us, then he can do it in and through all of the listeners. Yeah. Tracy, any parting words of encouragement for our listeners? I think to just have that extreme faith and not let fear stop you. Um, because so many of you will miss out mm-hmm. on the incredible thing that God has for them because they've been told this is how it should be instead of trusting in Jesus. They can change the world yeah. if they just take that first step. Yeah. And what I like about that is it's not even, the pressure's not even on. I mean, it's not on you. Do you know what I mean? Like it's what he's building and it's what he's doing. So that's super cool. So here's what I'm hearing is that if you're listening to this right now and you've, you've been set free and you know the areas in your life that you've been set free and you know the areas that, that he's still revealing because you're never going to be perfect and it's never going to look um, like a laid out just plan to just go ahead and take the first step to just go ahead and say, okay, Lord, I'm yours. Use me. Or if it's to whatever you have, like Dr. Lori was saying, you just take whatever you have and you offer it up to him and you start right where you are that Jesus will meet you in it. And it's not often that he just says, here's what it's going to look like and here's where you're going to go. And here's the big, big overwhelming picture. That's not what he says. He says, just trust me in this. And then he's the one who's faithful to lead you. So if anyone's needing to hear that, know that he is faithful. He's been faithful your entire life. He hasn't failed you yet. If there's still breath in your lungs, it's because you're carrying something that this generation needs right here and right now. And just like Tracy, if he can do it through Tracy and testimony means do it again, then he can do it through you. So I just bless you guys with ears to hear the voice of Jesus and only the voice of Jesus and with the strength to follow him wholeheartedly with everything in you and to know that you are loved beyond measure right here and right now. So thank you guys for listening to Relief from Darkness. And remember, if you change your brain, then you change your life. So until next time. See you next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. 
If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.